Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and greetings, everyone. Welcome to Unbuckled. I'm your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella. And today with me is not only one of the most amazing guests, but a dear, dear friend and someone who helped start me on my path, Christy Lynn Hicks. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Christiane. I'm so happy to be here. I was uh, just reminiscing about us meeting 20 years ago in October. So yeah, I am honored to be here. I'm honored to be on the show and to uh, be sitting here in your, in your beautiful studio with you. (laughs) Yeah. 20 years. I know. I was like, that's like almost half my life pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. It's pretty and, wild. and yours too. I mean, cause yeah. you're not that much older. Yeah. Right. Right. We've been um, on a journey together. Haven't quite, we? <laughs> quite a journey. Yes. Yes. Um, so yoga blend, um, which was in Burbank, California was the first place that I did yoga teacher training. Um, and that was led by you, which was like this, it's one of those things. Like I, I think, and I hear this from a lot of yoga teachers, like you start out doing a yoga teacher training for the, like, Oh, I'm going to teach yoga. But really what it becomes is this huge opening up of yourself, of your really just teaching you who you are (laughs) and your soul and your self beyond the self. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was such a gift to, to start on that path and to have such, um, your, your sweet Southern charm and your, <laughs> your big open heart to lead that way. And you started doing yoga here in Nashville when like, that was like, not even a thing. It like, was not really a yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the first, I mean, how did you even find a yoga? Cause we're talking what, like early nineties or something, yeah. right? 1995 yeah. where I had to look it up in a phone book. Oh my God. <laughs> like the yellow pages. Um, so I was in the corporate world and, you know, I had just graduated college in um, like the year before. And I had suffered from back pain for most of my life. I developed really early and I had a lot of back problems. Um, My body just couldn't support how fast I was growing. And um, so I had back pain and, you know, I did cheerleading and gymnastics and all that stuff. And it was always like, well, here, take a painkiller or here. I mean, you know, it's just because I was really rough on my body and um, really didn't have a lot of skills on like how to take care of it. So take a Mm painkiller, keep doing what you're doing and then keep getting more pain. So um, one day I remember, and I'll never forget this, (laughs) Davis Jackson, if you're listening, thank you, Davis, (laughs) because I, he was standing in my living room. uh, I was with me and my ex and he's like, I was talking about my back pain and you know what I was trying to, you know, figure out. And he said, have you ever tried yoga? And I was like, and it was weird because my whole body kind of (gasps) of like, like, I got to find out about this. I didn't know anything about it, but I knew that what he had said was something. So I looked it up the yellow pages, (laughs) found there was three studios in all of Nashville. Wow. And um, I went to one and the first class I was, I cried because I was like, Mm. how come nobody ever told me about this? Like, how come Mm. I, I like, I have what? And it was very emotional. And, and because my back, I didn't feel, I walked out of there feeling like, Oh my gosh. And you know, the relief was, I mean, I had a long way to go, but so, you know, it took time to, to, but just to have even a couple of days of relief where Mm -hmm. I felt like it wasn't going to go out, um, was huge. And then the big, the big surprise of it was my mind. Yeah. I was, I I mean, I literally walked out and the colors looked brighter Mm. and I was like, what is going, I'm not worried about anything. (laughs) Like, this is amazing. Mm. Hooked after that. And I proceeded to just go to as many classes as I possibly could at two different studios. I love that. I love that. I just, just, you feel it. You feel the transformation when you tell that story. And, um, and it's interesting because I came to yoga in a similar way. Like I was in pain. I had a a horrible car accident and I started doing yoga to help me walk again, to help fix my hip. And when I came out, I was like, oh my God, my emotional and mental, health. I felt the change in that, which I was not expecting. And I, you know, I really 
I had an idea that I think most people do of like yoga is like these, you know, bendy, crazy pretzel posed shit or people like all like, you know, oming on a mountaintop, like some, you know, Sherpas. And <laughs> it's like, and of course, you know, you'll find whatever you find in things, but, um, but the community, um, especially at Yoga Blend and um, Yoga Blend yeah. was for 15 years, Yoga Blend was a staple um, that just brought so much love and healing to, to an entire community. And that ripple effect continues on um and you blows know my mind it blows yeah. my mind you know and because i remember the conversation with you when you were like i have because you were still working in a corporate world when yep, i met you in los right. angeles and you're like i have this vision and we're, people are going to sit and they're going to have tea and we're going to do yoga <laughs> and <laughs> and it happened, it and, happened. It, <laughs> and it grew and um and then another conversation about i'm gonna have this place where, you know, it's out in the country and people can come and it'll be the healing arts center. And you've created here in Nashville, Elevation Central, which yeah, is just yeah. an incredible healing center um, where you do a static dance, which is another way to be in the body in this even more playful style. Um, and that also has, you know, I think that's the interesting thing about yoga is how many ways it branches out. And so what would you say is kind of the correlation between yoga and ecstatic dance? Um, I, yeah, that's a great question. Ecstatic dance. So I've been dancing, you know, I think I came out dancing, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I did dance growing up and, you know, did gymnastics. So I feel like yoga was sort of the blend of, Mm. you know, and then add in the mindfulness and the breath work, but the, for ecstatic dance for me, it's like a wave, you know, you open up slowly and you build to this peak and then you go back down into um, relaxation, which is very much like a yoga class. We start very um, meditative. We build our way up to more of a peak outward expression of bigger poses, more difficult and not fancy behind foot behind the head, but just a bigger, even if it was just you know, a standing pose, Mm -hmm. a simple, but still we build to a more external Mm -hmm. experience. And then you go back down into rest. Well, ecstatic dance is very much like that. And I see it as like a moving meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a way to get lost in sort of the music and the breath and, you know, repeating um, patterns of movement can just allow you to get into this like trance-like state. Mm -hmm. And you really sweat Mm -hmm. things out. And sweating is so good for us to get out any toxins um, and release any stuck energy. Um, and yeah, so I find it very much a moving meditation. It just feels like to me, and then you're, you're also physically moving your body, which Mm -hmm. is so important. We're mammals. We have to move our spine in six directions. And so in a static dance, you have the opportunity to do all Mm -hmm. those movements, just like in a yoga practice. Um, you know, and, and, or I should say asana practice, because I feel like ecstatic dance is very much yoga Mm -hmm. because it's uniting body, breath, and mind where we're not worried, um, about the future. We're not dwelling Mm. on the past, we're very much engaged in the present Mm. moment and just feeling and breathing and moving and allowing what comes up to come up. And so that to me is what yoga is all about. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they're like one and the same, you know, just different little branches of how you do it, you know, the physical manifestation of it. And I think that brings up a good point that when we hear the word yoga, we tend to just think of what most people know as asana is these like physical movements, but yoga is so many things. And a part of your yoga journey has been bringing in this positive psychology. So without geeking out too much, because I know we could go (laughs) deep in a rabbit hole, but maybe just like the shortest version of like the limbs. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I love that you brought up positive psychology because when I started studying that, I was like, this is yoga with science. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and that's, I think a lot of these Eastern um, teachings and wisdom teachings, you know, they're back before we had any internet where they're back in the day. And, and it's like now science is catching up to mm-hmm. what has been going for thousands and thousands of years. And so, I mean, science is great and I appreciate it. And it also, you know, is only going back and saying, oh, let's prove the thing mm-hmm. that's been going on because yoga is experiential, you know, it's meant to be experienced and um, that's individual. And so science is more, you know, you've got to have like a bigger, you know, group and study and all that. So, um, but with the eight limbs, it really is about 
establishing these relationships to find balance. Mm. And I can break it down really simple, like you said, without getting <laughs> out too hard. But it, it really is first, it's about relationships to the external world mm. and how we relate to the world around us, being kind, being honest, you're not stealing, things like that. And then it's the relationship to ourself. You know, how do we um, feel content? How do we mm-hmm. um, grow and, and have balance between gratitude and growth and um, surrender and no the difference to what we can change and what we can't. And so that's the relationship to the self. And then the next is the relationship to the body, which is the physical practice, the asanas and, and how we move and breathe. And can we have a posture, you know, that is one that is in alignment, body, breath, Mm -hmm. and mind. And that's an asana. That's Mm -hmm. what defines it. It's, it's definitely not being able to balance in the middle of the room, which is cute. It's fun. I mean, it's cool. Like, believe me, when I was in my twenties, I was like, well, I can do crazy things with my body, which is awesome because and I'm sure you know about this is when you discover your body's your own, you yeah. really get into it a little bit because, you know, for so long, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I didn't really <laughs> know, have sovereignty over mm-hmm. my body. Right. And so that was really a big piece for me is to find that physical strength yeah. and flexibility was huge. Um, but it's mind, body, and spirit. And then the um, fourth limb is a relationship to the breath, you know, being able to extend this life force, this inspiration, what inspires us, you know, what gives us life. It's this bridge between the spirit and the physical, and how do we tap into that magical um, process? And that's the breath work. And then the, the fifth is a relationship to our senses, which can go out of control, you know, easily. But if we keep them in check, we can enjoy the world and taste and touch and hear and smell and feel and ah, it's so good. But we have to withdraw them because we can't always be out touching the world because we burn out. Our nervous system gets fried. It's like a short circuit that happens. So it's pulling the senses in. And then, um, then the next three are a relationship to the mind, being able to choose something to focus on. Right. And the, I mean, that's the hard thing, right? Because yeah. So many people are suffering because I don't know what to choose. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many options and so many possibilities that we get stuck. And then we, we kind of get lost in churning our wheels. So choosing something and then being able to focus on it mm-hmm. even harder because right. life is distracting us all the time. All the sounds, all the emails, all mm-hmm. the TV, all of this light, set, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. So the being able to focus and then the last limb is to be able to absorb. If you can, if you can stay focused and all that noise falls away, you actually know what it is you're looking at, what you're focusing on. You have a relationship with it and you can understand it in its totality. And um, and then when you're done, you, you pull away from it and you go, okay, now what do I link with and what do I focus on? So that's uh, the short version yes. of a 5,000-year-old, <laughs> at least 5,000-year-old, <laughs> super, <laughs> super yeah. abridged version. <laughs> I love it. Well, and it goes to something that you say a lot and was a key thing that you, t- you know, is your inner world is what you do. You need to change your inner world. That is what's going to affect the outer world. And it's something I see, you know, I've seen the huge change in my own life. I see it with clients, you know, this idea that the world is not happening to you, your inner state of being affects what you're seeing, what you're reflecting, what you're being shown. And until you, it's an inside job until you fix that, you're going to keep getting, you know, it's the insanity. You'll keep getting the same results. And that's hard for people mm-hmm. to take that in, Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. Oh yeah. Because, you know, I mean, we're not told to be responsible for our own or that we have that much power or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things the reasons why um, it's just not a popular idea. It's becoming more popular. People mm-hmm. are starting to understand. And that's what you know, and if you look in meditation and like Gandhi, I mean, uh, teachings throughout time of really wise teachers and uh, Jesus. And I mean, you know, the list goes on. There's there's hundreds of thousands of these. What it all is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it is that's where the work begins. And, um, it, you know, once we get a hold of that, then we start to realize how true that is. It takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. because again, there's so much to distract us, but the inner work is, is, will be a micro version of the outer manifestation. And so if we can turn that attention in and that's where yoga helps, right. it helps us to turn the attention in. Because yeah. inside can be a very scary place. And, yeah. and there's definitely that moment when I, I see it with clients, especially when it clicks of like, oh shit, you mean this whole time? 
I've had the power. And so everything that's making me miserable, like I've contributed to it. And it's this kind of like, you want to kick yourself and then to be able to come to the other side of that and not get stuck in the shame or the guilt or the blame and have compassion and have forgiveness to begin to see like, I can use this power now. I can tap into it in a loving way that actually is going to help propel me, that is going to help me feel supported uh, and and like you were saying, aligned. And I think it's so interesting, this idea, you know, in the new age community, you hear a lot about like, well, I'm in alignment with the universe. And there literally is like yoga. It's like this idea of like being in a posture and aligning your body in this right. structured way that then, yeah, you kind of like physically start to change and then it begins to open up this opportunity to create new neuropathways, right? There is a science in all this. Um, And then the spirit, yeah. I mean, they just, they are not divided things. And and that's where, you know, my practice of the Tantra of this idea of like weaving it all together, you know, yoga is to, to yoke, to join. And then the Tantra is the weaving that no part of you is, is separate, that every part of you deserves and is valid and is worthy to be united in that um, path, whatever that, you know, whatever that unfolds for you. That's right. And then when you talked about alignment, it's so true because if we're disjointed, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, our thoughts are over here and then our breath is over here and our body, we're physically doing one thing, but we're thinking of something else that that's a misalignment. And so the prana, the energy, the source, the whatever you want to call it, it can't find the flow. right? And so that's what the alignment is about is being in the flow so that um, the current is open. It's like this open vessel for the life force, the animating force to flow through. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a word that is thrown around a lot, but there is a lot of to it. It's like, you know, if you're folding, you know, rounding your shoulders and you can't take a deep breath, it's really hard to get any, energy to flow through you. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, it's not the way the pose looks, Mm -hmm. but it's about opening up so the energy can flow. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I, you know, when I first started doing yoga, I was doing it in a chair. Like I could not even get my ass up and down off of a floor. Um, and so my big thing has always been like, you know, if you can breathe, you can do yoga because that is really just coming into your breath. And, um, I always loved when I, um, dug into linguistics a little bit more. The root of the word inspire means to breathe life into. That's right. And, and that's really what you're doing. Yeah. That the idea of prana, this energy of life, this, this breath that you're receiving. And I love, I feel like to me, the breath is a reminder that we are supported in ways that we cannot even see. That's right. You know, you can't see the air. You can, you can't even grasp at the air, but it is there. It, you're receiving it you're breathing out into it. It's doing all its magic with trees and carbon dioxide and all that stuff. Um, and it's just, it's such a wonderful reminder that in every way you're being taken care of, if you just allow yourself to receive and then let go of what you no longer need, right? That exhale is like, like you were saying, you cannot, you choose what you focus on and you can't stay. If you stay in one thing too long, it, it almost then becomes the distraction. You know, it's like, it's like finding that fine line of, picking your, your focal point, bringing it in, bringing the sensory system in, um, and then being aware of what you're focusing on. Because if we're focusing on the negative shit and you really like focus on that (laughs) for too long, you know, you're going to get stuck there and then you feel it. If you know, think about it, you know, for those of you listening, um, next time you have a moment where you're like aggravated or upset about something, notice what's happening with your breath. Like I guarantee you, you were holding your breath and the easiest way to start changing that feeling is to start exhaling deeper, longer exhales and just really let it go from that, you know, primal state of, of our breath is, yeah. Well, and the thing about the breath that's so beautiful is it is an opportunity to practice each moment receiving and releasing mm-hmm. And, and drawing in and letting go. And it's a pulse. And unfortunately, we get stuck in habits and behaviors, mm-hmm. like you said, and we want to grip and hold on to something. And I mean, you know, just thinking about just the physical body. Right. If we don't let go, it's really uncomfortable, like, you know, getting constipated and things like mm-hmm. that. Like we're meant to release. And and the breath is that why it's such a powerful thing. It's a practice in learning that there's a pulse, there's a rhythm. And we have the opportunity to tap into that rhythm with each breath. But when we're 
like you said, holding the breath, everything grips and then everything tenses up and then we get our mind stuck and then everything starts to lock up and then we can't get another inhale in, right? So it's like, you know, um, letting things flow allows us to experience the joy um, as well as the things that are hard, you know, they've got to move through us. We have to be able to release those. And, you know, of course there's things we have to process and maybe have therapy or work that we need to do or, you know, whatever it is, but it's just a practice that helps us to prepare Mm -hmm. on a regular basis to be able to relax and let go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, yoga to me works with everything. Like there's like really like no adverse side effects to yoga. You know, if you're really with your body, if you're really, you know, with a guy that's creating a safe container for you. It's just, there's nothing but complementary ways in which it will fit into whatever you're doing. If, yeah, if it is like more traditional therapy, um, physical therapy, whatever you've got going on, yoga is going to enhance that experience. So let's circle maybe back around. Well, there's two things that you said that I wanted to <laughs> circle back around to. One is you were talking about, um, spiritual people that have come through and, and, and you threw out Jesus. And so unbuckled is, you know, we're (laughs) here to help unbuckle the Bible belt in the most loving way. And I think a common misconception is that yoga is a religion. Yes. I'm so glad you asked this. Yes. Um, yes. I, um, gosh, I love this question because, my yoga studio was called Yoga Blend, and I blended a lot of different traditions, but I knew I was doing it <laughs> because that's why I named my studio that. However, there's a lot of blending that happens in the yoga and Vedanta tradition that um, people have forgotten that they're two different philosophies. Mm-hmm. Vedanta is a um, non-dualistic philosophy that came thousands of years ago. Um, Yoga is a dualistic philosophy. And then there's four others that came down right about the same time. And they came from the Vedas. But basically, it was these sages that came down and disseminated information for six different types of people, because we all resonate in different ways. Now, Vedanta is Hinduism. It is Buddhism. It is Tantrism. They all fall under that. And There's nothing wrong with that. I blended those things with different teachings in yoga, but yoga is a separate philosophy. It is a philosophy that offers, if you have an innate relationship to God, to Jesus, to whatever it is, it can deepen that relationship Mm -hmm. that's innate in you. It doesn't tell you what to believe. It tells you how to settle your mind so that you know what to focus on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful because that opens yoga up for anybody. It is like, Yes, if you have a God and it's a higher power, surrender to that. Put your faith in God. And if you don't, that's okay. You can still practice yoga. You know, you can try doing other things, other tools, you know, other things. But don't let your um, thoughts about thinking yoga is a religion keep you from doing it because it is available to anyone. And Patanjali pulled these out that were about yoga. And it's about union and union with whatever it is you focus on. And if that's God, you will have a deeper, more enhanced relationship to your chosen God. If that's Jesus, if that's whatever that is. Right. Um, And so that's what I love about it because uh, it is not the same. They, you know, they come from a, a bigger teaching called the Vedas, but it's a different philosophy um, and that is more religious in base yeah. or, or religious in its um, essence. So, yeah. And I think that's so important, you know, that it's it's about relationships, you know, and so what, right. whatever that is, you know, ideally, most importantly, the relationship you have with yourself, um, because that's going to affect every other relationship you have. But yeah, you know, to that higher power, to that spirit, to, you know, if it is Jesus, if it is, you know, whatever tradition or, or belief system you follow, that this is, it's like that cherry on top to just give you an opportunity to come back to yourself, to figure out how am I discerning? What do I want to receive? And what do I want to let go of? What is in alignment for me and what isn't and how to be able to release that without judgment. Yeah. And the, the entire practice of yoga, it was designed to help us have what's called a sattvic mind, which mm-hmm. is a mind that is balanced, mm-hmm. a mind that is um, luminous, mm-hmm. that is um, appropriate to the situation at hand that can sustain, you know, doesn't mean we're flatlined. I mean, you and I have huge personalities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we certainly, we do, I've done yoga for 30 years and I'm like, it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want my personality to change. 
other than my negative thoughts and things like that. But I, you know, I'm a vivacious person. So for me, it doesn't mean when we do yoga, oh, I'm so balanced. (laughs) I never get affected by life and I feel nothing because I'm so at peace. You know, no, that's boring for me, you know, and uh, if if that's somebody else's path and great, but you know, it's about having a balance, like, you know, being appropriate with your mental state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone passes away, of course, you're going to be lower and sad. And of course, you're going to feel those feelings. You're not going to have as much energy when you're working out and you're, you know, feeling great and you're eating healthy, you're going to have more energy than when you're tired at night after a long day of work, you know, of course we're going to flow in and out, but it's the key is not to get whipped into the extremes, the highs and lows. So the entire practice of yoga is to help us find that place where we ride the center with ease and grace, and we can stay open and relaxed and focused. And, you know, we rest when we need to, and we go and do things when we're, we have the energy, you know, so finding that place Mm -hmm. where it feels like a flow rather than, oh God, now I'm so high that I crash and fall so low that it's hard to get back up again. So, yeah, because I think no one, no one is going to go through this life without challenges. And in fact, you know, those pebbles that sometimes we trip on, on our path are, are the ways that we grow insight and wisdom and and strength in different ways. And so yoga, the gift it gave to me was in those moments when I tripped to not just be like, Oh my God, it's all over. (laughs) It's over. I'm doomed. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, I say that. Yeah. It's this ability to, to recover, you know, so my highs and lows, like they do happen. They're just not these drastic peaks and valleys They're They, you know, it's my boat, my boat rocks. Yeah, Yeah, totally totally rocks. But Yes, it does. Your boat does rock. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a fun ride. It's you know, yeah, I I, totally. I know how to like smooth out the edges now and um, yeah, it's, and not, I say something right. like that all the time is that, you know, I used to fall down and think, Oh God, I'll never get back up mm-hmm. again down the bottom of the well. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, well, I'm at the bottom of the well, but I've got some skills and some tools and I'll climb out and I'll bring some good water and you know, whatever, call up a friend to help me, you know, whatever. But it's, I don't fear getting stuck. Mm-hmm. I right. know that eventually I will be able to come back to balance again. Mm-hmm. And so that is, like you said, the gift is like, you don't feel like, Oh my gosh, it's over. You know, yeah, that's huge. All right. Well, we are about to take our break and we will be back in just a moment with more from Christy Lynn Hicks. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christiane Bella. That's me. I'm your mm-hmm. intimacy architect. And with me is my guest, Christy Lynn Hicks, amazing founder of a yoga blend, uh, creator of Elevation Central, all around super goddess extraordinaire. Welcome back. Ah, thank you. <laughs> So we were diving into um, riding the wave, you know, (laughs) riding those waves. (laughs) And that was actually one of the reasons why, um, again, where yoga complements things. I surfed for a little while before I left Los Angeles. And so much of it is that is just learning to like, just be there, be with the current, knowing that moment when to hit that peak 
and allowing it to, to go and allowing it to just release and, and come back on shore. And then you start all over again. Right. right. <laughs> and just being able to play with it. And I think, um, you know, yoga has given me that gift to be playful with the game of life in the moments when things are challenging to, to just be like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like how, how are we going to do this? What, what's going to happen? Um, and you have such a devote practice. And I think, you know, that's, we're always looking for hacks. Um, and I know I have spent so much, I'm like, there's gotta be a workaround. There's gotta be a way. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It yeah. You know, I mean, listen, we sometimes get blessed with some gift, an mm -hmm. extraordinary like blessing and, you know, some act of grace or some, and that's wonderful, mm -hmm. you know, but to seek that out will always be frustrated mm -hmm. to seek out the easy road because we're here to grow. We're here to be challenged. We're here to expand. We're here to learn. And, you know, it's important that we are very grateful for what we have now and what it is that we've already overcome. Mm -hmm. And there's always more growing to do mm -hmm. now. Like you said, it does get easier, mm -hmm. but the challenges are different. They wear a different mask. Mm -hmm. They have a different form. They come in a different way. So because we've leveled up, you know, and it's only when we get stuck and keep repeating and don't change our behavior that we keep getting the same mm -hmm. lesson, right? But the lessons, they, they transmute and transform because we're leveling up, yeah. we're growing, we're expanding, we're discovering, we're opening. And, um, and it takes a committed, dedicated daily practice because I always talk about yoga being like the practice. And when I say yoga, we're talking about what you and I said, the holistic practice mm -hmm. of yoga. It's breath, it's mantra, it's visualization, it's mudra, it's, you know, all the things, the movement. Um, but when we, um, you know, do a practice, it it's like, we think of our, um, our form as almost like the windshield to our soul. You know, we put on this, what I call a property suit. It's a form suit. And we come down here as this soul, this essence, Purusha, to experience the world, to touch it, to feel it, to, to learn and grow. And then life comes at us and it's like bugs splattering on our... <laughs> <laughs> our windshield of our soul. And so if we never wiped off the windshield, we're like, well, I can't see. I can't see. It's all, you know. And, and so when we do yoga, it's like in the practice, it's like wiping it off. And so that's why, and we can't get it all off at once. And, you know, also when I first started yoga, you put a little water on there and you start wiping, it gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> And that's what happened to me. It got worse before it got better. Mm -hmm. But eventually you keep at it long enough. You keep at it, keep at it. It starts to clear that windshield off and then you have more clarity. And that's, you know, it talks about yoga being um, a practice that helps to clear the clouds of misperception mm -hmm. so that the light of consciousness can shine through. And so unfortunately, every day, mm -hmm. there's a new bug that splatters mm -hmm. on the windshield. So we can't just be like, Ooh, I'm good. I'm enlightened. I got this. I don't need to ever do a practice again. Cause I understand mm -hmm. you might have that feeling, but then another day the bug comes mm -hmm. on. So every day we show up to keep that from getting back to where it was, where it was so clouded that it gets messy before it gets better again. Mm -hmm. So when we do a daily practice, it's like, we're wiping off the windshield every day. We're cleaning it to make sure that we see clearly and we don't get caught in the projection projections of our own mind, um, that we're able to actually shine forth our essence through, mm -hmm. um, our form rather than just projecting all the bug shit that landed on the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my approach is, you know, it's like brushing your teeth. You would not leave your house right. without brushing your teeth. You know, <laughs> it's right. like a two or three minute thing. And you do it. And so when we talk about having, you know, a daily practice, like, of course, yes, there are days when my practice is like a two hour thing and it's fucking, and I ah, dive so in. Juicy, yeah. Yeah. And there's days when I'm like three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. Do what you can. <laughs> do what you can. Got yeah. it in. You got some, some piece of it. And that was such a gift that you showed. I was like, just get a piece of it. Something. Like whatever it is, you know, like, even if you just get a little yoga yeah. snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But staying connected to that and continuing to build that muscle and, and, and have that consistency. That's right. Consistency yeah. is key. It's, it's a discipline and it takes work to show up for yourself mm -hmm. every day and clean the window of your soul, mm -hmm. you know, and we 
brush our teeth. We take a shower. You know, we do, we clean our house. Why wouldn't we go in and clean our soul on a regular basis? And that's, you said the brushing teeth. And I used to say that yeah. all the time is that, would you rather brush your teeth once a day for two or three minutes or once a week for an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. I'd rather do two minutes and, right. you know, instead of saying, oh, well, it's not really worth it because I can't get a full hour and a half in. No, <laughs> go ahead, brush your teeth for two minutes. And then when you get to that hour and a half, be like, woohoo, you know, right. like, yeah, yeah, I got time. So, yeah, I mean, nothing. I want to brush my teeth for an hour and a half. <laughs> you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, the little things add up and, and that's how we do make big changes. That's it's right. like these small, sustainable small. pieces. And that's what vinyasa and so many people, you know, know vinyasa flow. Um, vinyasa is to place in an intelligent way. And vinyasa krama is to place in stages intelligently. Mm-hmm. So we do a small bit and we stay there while, let it get sustainable, become a part of us. And then we add a little more and then we stay there mm-hmm. while, become a part of us. We keep adding. And then eventually we're like, oh, wow, look. Right. And it, but it took work. It took Mm -hmm. time. It took patience. It took a process. So, yeah. yeah. So what sage advice do you have to the people? Because there is that place where, when you are starting to dig yourself out of the well, out of the hole, whatever your metaphor is, (laughs) um, that it does, it does feel worse. You're just like, what the fuck? Like why? And you want to, I mean, I know I, I can't, I was like, nope, I'm done. Um, (laughs) dark night of the soul too much, too much. Peace out. Uh, but you know, the universe keeps giving us this, you know, so you can pass on that, but that's coming back around around again, (laughs) like the song that never ends. (laughs) So when you hit that wall of like, I'm just going to stay in the pit of despair because it seems like the easier solution. (laughs) What is, what was your own personal path and, and insight on that? Yeah. You know, um, so ultimately we, yoga is a self-empowerment. It's something that we can do ourselves, And that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And I needed a guide. Yeah. I needed a teacher, a mentor, mm-hmm. somebody to help me see the spinach in my teeth, as one of my teachers <laughs> used to say. It's really, really hard if you don't have a mirror to see the spinach in, in your teeth. And a teacher can mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, or a, a mentor or a therapist or a guide or coach. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, here's the pattern I'm seeing. And here's some practices to break that pattern. Mm-hmm. Yes. As much as, you know, and I say to people all the time as a, as a teacher and a coach, I say, listen, I don't want you to need me. Mm-hmm. My yes. number one mm-hmm. goal with working with people is to empower them, to do it on their own, mm-hmm. to know that they have all that they need within mm-hmm. them. And at the same time, I'm here when you do. I am happy to be there because I know I need a teacher sometimes. I need a coach sometimes. I need a therapist sometimes. And and I try to have them regularly on Mm -hmm. call, not, you know, not on call, but, you know, I have a good uh, group um, of of teachers, therapists, and coach that I can call when I I get stuck or, you know, when I'm feeling um, confused by something. And I think that's so important because, Yes, we want to be able to do it on our own, but also it's really hard, especially at the beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll start with someone and we'll go really strong, you know, once a week, twice a week for a couple of months. And then they, you know, we start weaning off, you know, every other week and then once a month and then every quarter. And then now Mm -hmm. I just have students are like, oh God, I got a big life thing coming up. I need to, I need your, you know, perspective. And I think that, you know, just like anything, you know, it's like, we're taught, oh, every man for himself, every woman for herself, you know, do it on your own. And it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And why would you? And it's okay to ask for help. Why sit there and struggle and spend five years when you could spend maybe an hour mm-hmm. right. <laughs> trying to figure it out? And then, yes, hopefully if you get someone good, they're giving you tools yeah. to empower you to be able to manage it on your own. And when you get stuck, you always have someone to turn to. And I think that's the key is I had incredible teachers and guides and coaches to turn to. And I still do to this day, um, 30 years later, I have an army Mm -hmm. or, you know, or a team ready to help me. So, yeah, I love, like you said, you're like a friend on the path guiding and, and truly, I mean, it's literally been a dear, wonderful friend of mine and, and a guide and a mentor. And that relationship has shifted over the years in various dynamics. And, um, I think the big piece is, is willingness to see that there is nothing wrong or weak when we seek out help and that you are worthy to receive support. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you know what? I always liken it to something very physical. Mm-hmm. If we needed to move a piano, <laughs> 
we have no problems. I can't do this on my own. Like no one expects you to, Mm -hmm. right? Like, can you help me move this piano up a flight of stairs, right? right? We get help, no Mm -hmm. problem. Why wouldn't we get help with things that are mental or emotional? Why is there such a stigma around that? Mm -hmm. You know, why do, and I think that people feel shame or they were made to feel shame or they were, you know, told that it was wrong and don't feel this way and you're bad. And and so we get this, but when we ask for help with the piano, somebody's like, oh God, that's horrible. Let's get four people, you know? So it's, it's that always related to the physical. Think about something physical. If you've never done something before, ever, ever, ever done something, wouldn't you go to someone to teach Mm -hmm. you how to do it? to learn to play the piano mm-hmm. or to, you know, learn how to do electrician, you know, like you're an electrician, you wouldn't go in there and just be like, Hey, I don't need anybody's help. I mean, you can get electrocuted, but we, you know, so I think we need to take that same attitude with asking for help. If you don't know, ask someone, there's no shame in it. In fact, it's going to be so helpful and you're going to feel so great but make it someone you trust, you know, and that's important Mm -hmm. so that you can actually believe that what they're telling you is something that you can get behind, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Like so much of this groundwork has been done to just be able to come to a place where you can, begin to welcome in what is going, cause it's going to look different for everyone. Yeah. You know, there isn't a one size fits all thing, but it's the fact that you are just taking that step to say, I need support. And, and absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so, and I see that now more in our, our modern culture is this de-stigmatizing of our mental yes. health and, and, um, and our emotional, in fact, um, I think in a couple episodes, there'll be, uh, you know, highly uh, gifts of the highly sensitive, this amazing mm, book um, to just really, yeah, this idea of like these emotions are, are gifts. There are superpowers. That's they right. are not a hindrance. Yeah. That's right. Um, so before we wrap up, I want to give one of the greatest tools that you ever gave me yeah. um, to our audience, which is visualization and manifestation work um, and the bhavana. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, my favorite topic. Yeah. So, you know, I know the the secret and law of attraction. And, you know, you've probably heard these buzzwords, but the bhavana is like, again, we're talking about like thousands and thousands of years old, this this idea. So share with our wonderful audience, (gasps) magic of the bhavana. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, So bhavana is so many things. The thing about Sanskrit is contextual. And this word is so rich. It means to call into existence, to make manifest. It's a meditation. It is a, um, um, an attitude. And that's one of my favorite, Mm -hmm. um, because it is about the attitude we have. If we want something in the, whatever we think is the perceived future, we got to get the right attitude now (laughs) in order for that to attract Mm -hmm. to us. And so I say to people all the time, and I'll go a little further, but if everything you ever desired were to come true right now when I snap my fingers, would you be ready? And if not, you got some work to do. You got to do the work now because it really is about now. So the way Bhavana is, is that it is looking to our past and going, I've overcome everything I've ever been Mm -hmm. faced. So I'm living proof that I can overcome anything that comes my way. Cause Mm -hmm. I have, I'm sitting here. It may not be perfect. May not be the way we wanted, whatever. Nothing is. Mm -hmm but I will be able to overcome. And that's a special knowledge I have. So when we think about that, why wouldn't we dream big for the future? Mm. Cause you know what? Yeah. We're going to overcome everything that comes yeah. our way. And so it, the form of it's going to change because form is constantly changing, mm-hmm. but along the way, you're going to learn and grow and adapt. And you're going to become even more than you thought possible. And then you'll get to this place where you look out and you go, Oh my God, from where I was, I didn't even know that there's a whole world of possibility, even bigger than I could have imagined because I was down at a different place mm-hmm. in my life. And so dream big and, and imagine a future that you want to experience, just like you remember the past, mm-hmm. remember a future, but make it exactly what you yeah. want it to be. And you want it to be positive. And you want to be very, very careful with the, I don't want to feel stress. No, right. I am calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am breathing deep. I have a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. I'm full of life force energy. We don't invite stress to the party. No. So we make it positive. <laughs> And then we want to be concrete because we think about abstractions. They're beautiful because Mm -hmm. we say the word peace. Mm -hmm. You know, we all uh, 
took all these different ideas and we abstracted the worst piece. And we said, all that means peace, Mm -hmm. but it's different for every person. You know, what makes you feel nourished? Mm -hmm. Nourishment is an abstraction. Nourishment for me is to get up and to move my body, to drink lemon water, Mm -hmm. to um, take several deep breaths, to do a meditation, to read something spiritual, you know, whatever that nourishes me. But other people, it may be very different. Yeah. So you got to be concrete with it and, and be careful with these abstractions of peace and grounded and nourished and nurtured and um, details. details. And then specific is really throwing it out there. So it's like throwing a target out in the future. And specific just allows you to get very close. Like, I want to eat a healthy meal. Okay. That's a little bit, you know, like, okay. No, I want to eat this particular, these vegetables at this time. I want to get on a routine, you know, just kind of getting clearer and clearer because then the the, clo- the clearer you are, the closer you are. And that's yes. what the sutras say is that like the one who sees it most clearly is the one closest to it. Mm-hmm. And you can take that and be woo-woo about it. Or you can just be like, no, I said I wanted uh, this salad with these vegetables. I wanted pumpkin seeds and I wanted beets and I wanted, you know, whatever. You're going to be closer to getting that salad than someone it's like, I don't know, I want something healthy, <laughs> right? You're going to be the one to get the salad that has exactly yeah. what you want. And that's what it is about visualization is being clear. And of course, and people are like, oh, doesn't that set you up for disappointment? No, it gives you a direction mm-hmm. and have a direction. And if you already think it's not going to happen, well, then that's the attitude problem about, right. Bob, we've got to have the attitude that is in alignment with the the dream. And so Bhavana is this process of constantly being in the right now having the attitude as if it were already true Mm -hmm. and breathing with that, acting as if Mm -hmm. feeling aligning with that moving. What would you look like if that came true? How would you breathe? How would you speak? How would you move? How would you talk? How would you walk? How would you sleep? Like practice it and then get clear on what it is you want and focus your mind, get rid of the noise and just move gracefully. Mm -hmm. You don't try to rush it or force it. You know, a fruit is going to, be ready to eat when it's ready. We don't put a seed in the ground and go, hurry up. I need you to, I need to eat you for breakfast, you know? But we try to do that. Oh, well, it's right. not going to work because, you know, I put that out there and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I had the dream of Yoga Blend for ten, or eight years before I opened the doors. Mm-hmm. Eight years. It took time. I needed to grow. But I also had to get things, done, you know, organized, logistics. get clear and logistics. And so, you know, it's about really aligning yourself now with what you want. Mm-hmm. Look to your past to give you confidence to go, I've overcome everything. Mm -hmm. So I'll overcome everything, even if it doesn't turn out the way I want. Get clear on it and then start practicing being the person that that dream can find. Yes. Oh, so good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I want to be sure everyone has all the ways to find you yes, because yes, you yes. are just such a gift. So it's Christy Lynn Hicks. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-L-Y-N-N-H-I-C-K-S.com. It's also Christy Lynn Hicks on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, well, on Facebook, it's actually yoga with Christy Lynn Hicks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I know that's so confusing, but it's all Christy Lynn Hicks. You could yes. find me yeah. somehow, somewhere, but yeah, you Google Christy Lynn Hicks and she's, <laughs> you're going to find, she's got tons of great stuff out there. So yes, Christy Lynn Hicks highly. I cannot, I mean, this, this is the woman who planted, helped me plant seeds yeah. for this life that I am living right oh now. Oh my gosh. And I just <laughs> have to say this incredible woman, Christiane has, you know, and this is as a teacher, this is why you want to, teach people like you see that they have all these gifts inside, you know, and, and you see their light and you see what they're capable of. And gosh, to be able to go, I see you here. Get, let me give you every tool I got. Go be that. And to now sit here and I'm going to, oh my gosh, I got chills. (laughs) But to see you now and see your life and to see what you've created and and what you've overcome and the challenges you've faced and the beauty that you're bringing to the world and the healing that you're bringing to your own life, to your community, to your students and to the world. It is incredibly rewarding as a, a friend on the path with you, as a teacher, as a guide, as, you know, a big fan of yours to see how far you've come. And my gosh, I just love you with all my heart. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so dang proud of you. You're just, you're crushing it. And the, <laughs> and the world needs you. And you're, you're saying, here I am world. And you know what? I got this. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that you're is... welcome. Oh, we're all cavelting now. <laughs> <laughs> the vipers. <laughs>
Um, so we still have a few more minutes. Um, and now I'm all choked up. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, I would say let's, um, what is a uh, uh, chanting? Oh, yeah, yes. I, I know Gosh. we only have a few minutes, but There's so many things. Okay. So here's the thing I say about chanting all the time. I used to think it was weird when I was little. Cause you know, I, I grew up in church. It's fine. You know, I was just like, what is happening? So when I first went to yoga, I was like, what is happening? What is this? But let me tell you something about it. It changed my life. It got me through some of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. And the reason why, and it's pretty darn simple is that when we're at a frequency that has a lot of static, it's very mm-hmm. disturbing and a low frequency of negative thoughts. And that's like, <laughs> blah, blah, all the bad, all the negative chanting is like changing the channel. You know, mm-hmm. when that station is really aggravating and, <laughs> and you change it and it's like, oh. so when we chant, we change our frequency and we change it to a higher vibration. So we get out of the muck of that mm-hmm. repetitive thinking, negative thinking, hurt, pain, sorrow, whatever it is. And it pulls us up to a higher plane where we can see more clearly. Mm-hmm. It also helps lengthen our breath. It helps tone the internal organs. It helps to, um, energize us. And it also helps us sleep because when you operate at a frequency that is high above the noise at night, you can sleep because Mm -hmm. the noise is not distracting you and keeping you awake. So yes, it energizes you in the moment, but ultimately it helps you sleep because you're not so um, agitated when you go to bed. So it's incredible. And I use it all the time. It's my go-to tool. I just start chanting and my whole entire everything changes, you know? So yes, mantra chant. And you know, you can, it doesn't have to be Sanskrit. You could choose an English word. I am peace, whatever. Find something that resonates. If it's too weird for you, find an English word, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's worth it to get your mind to shift directions. Yeah. Huge game changer in my life on so many levels on actual like gut health, on throat chakra healing, on getting out of my head. I mean, just phenomenal game changer. Um, So once again, Christy Lynn Hicks, you can find her on christylynnhicks.com and, and all those social media things. I'm thinking, are you open to doing a chant as we close oh out here? Oh my gosh, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Right, oh my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> There's so many. Ooh. Okay. I've got one that I've been okay. doing lately. Okay. Um, do you want me to just do yeah, it and you'll just, just join it. me? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You want me to tell you what it means or just do it? Just go for okay. It. Hmm. Om Namo Ananda Mabuhu Om Namo Ananda Mabuhu Om Namo Ananda Mabuhu Oh, so beautiful. What does it mean? It means I bow to the joyful, gracious energy and invoke the inner light and spirit Mm. within. Yes, that is the (laughs) perfect way. To leave you all with all that juicy light and good mojo. I am truly, truly beyond words, grateful and honored and blessed. And I love you. I love you so much. Thank you. So, so oh, grateful. So Christy Lynn Hicks, Thank everyone. You. And I am Christiane Bella, and you have been listening to Unbuckled. And we love you and we are grateful for you. Yes. And do something good for yourself today. Take deep breaths. You got this. You got this. <laughs> Thank you, Christiane. Mm. I love you. Love mm-hmm. you. Blessings. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.